good and gracious God, we come before you and we thank you for this moment. As Marcus shared, your love is amazing. And we, <laughs> we celebrate it even though we don't fully deserve it. And that you still give it. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I find that my sermon illustrations date me more and more these days. But in 1970-ish time, I know that for some that's ancient history. But in that period of time, there was a restaurant called Burger Chef. Some of you will remember this place. And they did one of the most incredible things ever. When I was a little boy in the happy meal of sorts of its time, if you went to Burger Chef and you were under 12, you got a regulation size, glow-in-the-dark Frisbee. This was a big deal. Now, I love that. I, I didn't know how to throw a Frisbee yet, but I love that I got one, and I love that it would glow in the dark. And, and my dad taught me some really cool tricks about the Frisbee, right? Like if you held it up to a light uh, and it would kind of charge up the luminescence inside that Frisbee, then you turn out the lights, and it would glow for a long time. In fact, I'm pretty sure the first night I got it, I fell asleep and the thing was still glowing. Like, I was trying to stay up to see how long it would last. I love that Frisbee. I found it years later, and uh, to my, I had to, what I did first thing, I had to see, does it still work after all these years? And though it wasn't as bright a fluorescent green as it once was, even after all those years, the Frisbees still work. I share that because I want to talk to you today about light. It was a topic that Jesus talked about a lot, and it came into the sermon in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, in a pretty important way. Light matters to God. It was the very first element of creation when God said, let there be light. And the call from the beginning has been that you and I would be light bearers that we would be those that reflect the light of the gospel, the light of God. I don't know how much you remember about the story of Moses when he goes up on Mount Sinai and he stands in the presence of God, but one of the things that's pretty unique about that story is when he comes back down the mountain, he glowed. <laughs> he was like that Frisbee that had been in the presence of a powerful light, that when he came back from the presence of God, Moses, he exuded a glow. He'd been in the presence of God. Something similar happens after the resurrection of Jesus when Cleopas and his friend walked to Emmaus with Jesus. And what did they say about it? Didn't our hearts burn inside of us? We like glowed. We were in the presence of Jesus. Well, today I kind of want to hold you up to the light and have God's presence charge you up so you shine more brightly in the world we live in. If you have your Bibles, turn with me first of all to Matthew chapter 5. This is from the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is speaking here, and he says this to them. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Remember that in this, when Jesus tells the story, he says, you are the light. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Now, this was important, especially since if you realize Jerusalem is a city on a hill, that shines out light, and it's reflective that God had called them to be a beacon of light to other people in other places. 
He says, people don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl or hide it in a closet. (laughs) One, that might be dangerous, and two, it would defeat the purpose. It would defeat the purpose. No, instead. He says, they, they don't put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This first sermon story, it's not the only time Jesus will reference this light, and we'll look at another passage in a moment, but Jesus gives a very clear indication of our purpose That one of the reasons that God created me and created you was to be a carrier of light in the world. In a bygone era, there were people in London and in the eastern United States when the first gas lights came out, uh, they had to be lit manually. They didn't have automatic starters on them. Someone had to go down the street and they had to light each one of those gas lights. An evangelist at the turn of the century when that was happening talked about being in London on a very foggy evening. He said the fog was so thick that you just could barely see anything. And he said he started to see the most unique phenomenon. He said he first saw one ball of light as a lamplighter was walking and lighting the lamp, but he couldn't see the lamplighter. And then another ball of light, and then another ball of light. And although, he, although the lamp lighter was unseen, even through the fog, he could see the lights. Well, the world's getting kind of foggy these days. <laughs> and, and, and you may not think of yourself as a light bearer, but God's calling you to shine your light, to carry his light into the world, and to light the way for others. It's an important task. But you might say, well, how much power, how much light can one person shine, really? And and the world is such a dark place. Well, I want to tell you something that actually, the darker a place is, the more powerful one candle power becomes. I had this demonstrated a few years ago. I've, I've told you that there was a time that I was into cave exploring. I've gotten a little big for that these days, but there was a time I used to do that, and and enjoyed cave exploring. BJ knows he was with me on some of these adventures. And um, the guide that we had one time, we got down inside this cave, down in the bowels of the earth. He said, I just want to show you something. Does everybody turn off your, your headlamps, turn off your flashlights, and experience, first of all, complete and total darkness. And that was wild. Like there's an effect where you can move your hand across the front of your face and your brain will make you think you see something, but you can't really see anything. It's completely dark. And in this cavern under the ground that we're in, he then just took a little pack of matches out and he lit a single match, just one candle power. This is what was incredible. I could see the faces of every single person that was in that, in that space with me. In total darkness, a single candle lights things up amazingly. I hear you say, I hear it in our prayers, I hear it in our conversations, the world's getting really dark. (laughs) Well, you know what? 
the darker it gets, the more powerful your light becomes. The more powerful it becomes. And the more that you will be able to shine Christ's light into our world by the things that you do, by the things that you say, by the way that you live. You are a light bearer. Except when we're not. Jesus talks about that too. We read this as different chapters, but understand that the things Jesus is about to say in Matthew chapter 6 are in the same sermon. So he's already been talking about light, and in the same sermon, he goes on to talk about light some more. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness. But no one can serve two masters. Jesus is making a comment here about the intensity of our light. And he actually says, you know, what are you feeding yourself with and charging yourself up with? Because it will impact your ability to shine brightly for the Lord. It's a good question to ask. What are your eyes looking at? What's your thing that you are paying the most attention to? That's really what's behind what Jesus is saying. Kind of what gets most of your attention are they the things of God, or is it the stuff of earth? It's something to think about. Spend your time in the presence of God reading his word, and you will shine brightly. Spend your time looking at the things that pass away on this earth, and your light will grow dim. In fact, your flashlight will become faulty, so to speak. <laughs> Here's the problem with faulty flashlights. I used to have one. Years ago, they had the mag lights. They're still around, and... What was great about a mag light was it was strong enough that if you had like a, a little adjustable magnifying glass in the lens, if you did it just right, they would say you could almost start like a campfire. I never was successful doing it. They talked about how powerful the beam was on those lights. <laughs> so, of course, I had to go get one of those. I've always been fascinated with flashlights, and I got one that held six D-cell batteries. Like, it was like a nightstick for a police officer. It was great. When I first got it, it was fantastic, and, and I don't know what happened. Maybe some of you know more about electronics than I do, but I'll tell you what started to happen with my flashlight is eventually it got to where it wouldn't always work. I could put brand new batteries in it, but it still wouldn't always work. I had a new bulb in it, but it wouldn't always work. To get it to work, I had to oftentimes knock it onto something, and then the light would come on. And I'm afraid that's what some of us become. <laughs> it's almost like for our light to shine for God, sometimes he has to knock us around a little bit to get the light turned on again. Knock some sense into us. I, I at least can say that's true for me. I won't project that that has to be true for you. But sometimes that, that becomes who we are. Jesus says, be careful what you're powering yourself up with, what your eyes are looking at, what you're focused and magnifying and lifting up. Because if it's stuff of darkness, your light's not going to shine very brightly. One of the people that would have been there to hear Jesus speaking was John. John actually picks up on the theme of light and writes about it frequently in 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. 
light seems to have meant an awful lot uh, to John, and the teaching of Jesus must have left quite an impact on him. I think that John, the disciple, John, the apostle, I think he was the first Tom Bodette. Remember this guy? The famous Motel 6 commercials. We'll leave a light on for you. Well, John would have said, Jesus has left a light on for you. Turn to that light. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. And let's just read the teaching and the writing of John here. John says, this is the message we have heard from him, that is from Jesus, that we declare to you. This is the message. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet we walk in the darkness, then we lie. And we're not living by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son purifies us from all sin. Now, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just, and he will forgive us our sins. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, if we claim we've not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word has no place in our lives. Oh, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world. And we know that we have come to know him when we do this thing. We obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. The truth is not in him. But anyone who obeys his word... God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing to you a new command, but an old one. The one he heard Jesus speak in the Sermon on the Mount. One which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. For I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing away. And the true light is already shining. God is light, John says. And you are called to be children who walk in the light, who carry the light, who shine the light. 
It's an interesting era, isn't it? Darkness has no problem, no fear showing itself for what it is any longer. Bold to go into the streets and say, hey, I'm not ashamed that I'm in this or I'm in that or I'm this or I'm that. Darkness seems to have no shame these days. How ironic in a time where darkness has so sh- no shame, the ones still in the closet, quite frankly, frequently are often Christians who are closet Christians, who are keeping their light hid under a bowl. Don't want to make any waves. Maybe don't want anyone to know that I'm a Christian for fear that it'll cause me to be ostracized or it'll cause me some kind of difficulty. John and Jesus both would say, listen, (laughs) take that light out from under a bowl and let it be displayed. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of the light that's in you. Let your light shine. One of my favorite ministry gifts I ever got was a one million candle power battery operated flashlight. When I lived in Brown County, I thought it was so awesome. I was at the top of a big hill, and I could turn on that flashlight and see, like, hundreds of feet, deer and animal walking across. I'm not sure what my neighbors thought. They thought, like, what is that guy with a spotlight doing up in the hills? But but it was incredible. Loved that flashlight. A million candle power. It ran out of batteries. It, It didn't recharge anymore, and I was sad to lose it. And then one day, I was at... Uh, a Bass Pro Shop, and I saw a 10 million candle power lamp. My wife wouldn't let me get it, but that's another story. I thought it would have been great. She was afraid I'd burn down the woods or something. I don't know. Well, sometimes we think that to make a difference in the world, we've got to be a 10 million candle power flashlight, and that's just not true. That's never what God asked us to be. His 10 million candle power flashlight is 10 million Christians just shining his light and reflecting his light through their lives. That's what the world sees. That's what makes a difference. A preacher is one person and he can proclaim the word from a pulpit, but the hundreds of us who gather here each week have far more impact than a single person does. How you carry the light forward is what matters. That's what makes the difference. Light. You know how important it is. If you were ever a child, and most of you were, or you have a child or a grandchild, on a night like last night when the power goes out, as it did for a lot of folks last night, and suddenly all the electronics shut down, and you've got a little one, They're like, hey, uh, can you light a candle in here? Can we turn a light on? Why? Because it's something scary about the darkness. In fact, I don't know if you've picked up on this or not. We think all kinds of things about the end and where Satan ends up. You know what the Bible describes it as? A place of eternal darkness. There's a reason why darkness scares us. We weren't created to live in darkness. We were created to live in light, everlasting light. What's the difference between heaven and hell? Well, largely it's this. In heaven, there's no need of a sun because the light is always on. There is no night in heaven. Hell is an eternal and endless night. 
Friends, you're children of light. And sadly, there are people who are around us who are stumbling in the dark. And your responsibility is to shine Christ's light into our world. When he returns, may he see that we were effective in shining his light into others. Now, there's one more thing about light that's a little troubling to us. Light reveals things for what they are, right? In faded light, in the year of time of Zoom conversations, and we all worked on our computer, they had filters, and you could change the lighting. You make yourself look really good. Like, you could actually pretty well fake it, even if you hadn't shaved, you turned the filters up high enough, it looked like you were clean baby face, right? And it's amazing what you could do with the filters of light on all those devices. But in the harsh light of day, your razor stubble and whiskers might show up. You're a guy. Hopefully, I'm not, not casting dispersions on anybody else. It, 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 your flaws and imperfections of your teenager, your zits would show, all those things, right? It's, it, it's the reality of the light. And one of the reasons we're sometimes afraid to step into God's light is because it will show things to us that are real, that we might not want to see or think about. That's true. The light does reveal things in us. But it doesn't reveal them so that we can feel terrible about ourselves. John knew that. When John wrote those words, he knew that the light would reveal sin in us. But what did he say? When the light reveals darkness in you, what do you do with it? Well, he says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to purify us of all unrighteousness. He makes us shine brightly again. I, I, the last thing, I, I don't know if you've seen this, when you go to a, a tire store place, he says they want to clean your headlight on your car. They have these new solvents to brighten up the light because of how time dims the shields over your headlights in your cars. Well, this morning, God wants to make sure you're shining brightly. He wants to wipe away the crud, and he wants to make sure that you're shining brightly for him. Are you willing to let him shine his light through you? If you're not a Christian this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, friend, it's time to stop walking in darkness and start walking in the light. And I encourage you to make life's most important decision to follow him. As we stand and we sing our hymn of invitation. <laughs>